Welcome back, folks, to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, a man who's perked up now, and a man who's giddy for the off-season, Dan Masters, with my good friend, a man who reads the rule book, and a man who once toured Eastern Europe with his band, Will Everett. Will, how are you? Doing very well, thank you, Dan. Very well indeed. Oh, I'd forgotten about the Stanley Cup final happening. <laughs> so when you when you said you've perked up, I didn't know what you were talking about for a second. So that's, uh, I am. that's just just how deep into the off-season I am already. <laughs> yeah. I am I am reliving hell every day as every single Twitter image I see, every single YouTube something is the Blues hoisting the cup or the Blues at their parade or Brad Marshall crying. And I just keep going, oh my God. And I've got this for the whole of the next season as well. Every time it's a picture of the Stanley Cup, it's going to show Petrangelo lifting the cup. I'm just going to have to relive it all over again. Yeah, but people, no one cares enough about the Blues though, do they? It's not going to carry on for too much longer. Yeah, it will. They're still going to show goals and things in all the packages and all the highlights and everything in the, for the next year. Yeah, probably not, though. They'll probably just show uh, show like old Chicago ones. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we weren't sure if we're going to carry this on in the off-season, but it is the off-season, and we still like to warm people into the show gently. So I've got a question for you all. Hit me with it, Dan. What is it? Images surfaced this week and videos of members of the Bruins partying and... I think the technical term is getting off their tits. My question to you is, is there anything wrong with the Boston Bruins having a massive end-of-season party after just losing a Game 7 in the Cup Finals? <sighs> See, when you when you word it like that, sort of, <laughs> sort of no. But I, st- I still think like, it's a bit of a... I don't know, it's a bit of a weird look, isn't it? <laughs> we see Brad Marshall out and about with his shirt off and bloody like what, snowboard goggles or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard because, you know, in, in this day and age you can't you know, everything's filmed. It's not like you can just say, Oh, you shouldn't have had shouldn't have had it filmed sort of thing. My knee my knee jerk reaction is no, which I know is very um very boring of me to say. I don't but, see, even as a Bruins fan, I don't mind it. I, I think I mean Christ, even even if you're the lightning, the season is super long. Even the regular season is ridiculously long. Now, you might not want to go out and party after the season's finished if, I don't know, you, if you're the Oilers or something, you might do what Connor did and just go to a putt-putt game with a knee brace on and look very sad all day. Maybe yeah, you want I feel to do like that. that's the appropriate course of action, really, isn't it? Yes, but I think fans that expect that the Bruins should have all just gone and sat in a darkened room and cried for two weeks and need their fucking heads checked. It's a ridiculously long season. You put your body on the line, you put relationships on the line, you just eat, sleep, and breathe hockey. And I get it, they're very well paid for it, I get it. But after a season, you're allowed a couple of days just to unwind. Whatever happened in the season, whatever happened in the season, no players go into the season just trying their best to be useless or rubbish or not very good at hockey. You may come across that some of them maybe try and do that, but they don't. They want to do their best, they want to play hard, they want to win. And at the end of the season, if you don't, whenever you go out the playoffs, whatever's happened... You're fully entitled to have, to blow off some steam and have a couple of days off because let's face it, they're going to be back in training camp in probably a month. So it's not like this. It's not. It's not like the season ends at game seven and then you all go home and that's it. They don't see each other until game one. No, the, the off season now is where you get your fitness up and get ready. So I, I, I can't blame them at all. I don't mind. The the videos I saw, it looked like they were on a stage or whatever. Yeah, hey, the, go for it. Maybe they were. Were there, were like members of the public there? I don't know. I don't know. As as far as I know, they were. I think that's like, who I assumed was filming. It's it's one thing to to just have like a party or whatever, 
But uh, I don't know, to have like an organised event is a bit weird. I don't think so. I think if you to get to a game seven, do you know what I mean? Of a cup finals, I think just give you know you have to give them a little bit of a break. I get you've not won the cup. I understand that, but you're that close. You're that close that you can. It's ridiculous to say that at the end of the season, only one team can go away and have a, and have a, a wind down session or just a fucking blowout or something. Yeah, but no, it's it's, it's one thing to you know, oh, everyone round Chara's house and we'll all get right mashed, but. Uh... <laughs> I'll get some pizzas in. Like it's it's effectively the same thing as having a get some, get some pizzas in you and have a street yeah. fighter tournament. Um, <laughs> oh god, that sounds awesome. That'd be quite, why do I feel like Big Z's probably a killer at Street Fighter? You know we always go Zangief as well. Oh, of course you <laughs> Zangief <laughs> or Dal Sim. Um <laughs> But like I don't know, it it seemed like a parade. I don't know, I didn't think it did. I thought it just seemed like a blowout. Like, fuck it, season's done. Let's all go out, get hammered together, and then we'll come back. Nah, unacceptable. Into into the cave, back into cryogenic fr- fr- freezing, frozen, fr- fr- frozenness. Yeah, um, exactly. Get get back into the oxygen tent for for two months before like, before pre-season starts and you start getting your fitness back. How dare you it? have fun with your friends? Yeah, I think that's reasonable to say, isn't it? No, I'm not having that. Well, you're no fun then, are you? No, I'm the opposite. You're no fun. I am fun. Yeah, you're no fun at being fun, though. Wait, no, hold on. <laughs> Got that wrong. <laughs> the irony is, the irony is, the guy who doesn't drink or do drugs is telling the team that they should go out and just get hammered and do as much shit as they want. <laughs> Whereas you're saying, oh no, it's no good, don't do it. I, I don't like that you included drink and drugs, implying that I'm some sort of reprobate who's out getting smashed on the Charlie every night. Well, the clues are there. So, <laughs> why don't we? No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Should we start the show on that? I don't, I, I don't want to agree with you, but yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a look at the free agent list because I was thinking who's actually left as a free agent for next year. And I'd sorted it by points per game rather than cap it to get the true who's actually going to be a big boy in the summer. And uh, number six in points per game who's a, um, who's a free agent is Jimmy Schult. I was like, who... The fuck is what? Jimmy Schult? I've never heard of him. Never he point per game player last year. Was it one game, one point? <laughs> it was one game, one point for for the Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah, just looking at this, this is like, oh, Mika Rantanen, Braden Point, Marner, Panarin, Aho, Jimmy Schult. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got Brendan Gaunt's three games for Vancouver, three points. Kids that will absolutely tear. Clearly, he's got it. Mate, whoever this Jimmy Schultz is, like he played over twenty minutes in that one game. God knows. See how you he's, said that. I've got to have a quick look. I, he's going to be my uh, my breakout candidate for next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't wait. What? What? He's twenty four. He's got he came out his, of college. His cap hit is six and a half million. Hang on, that must be a mistake. What? What? I. I don't understand. I can't be right. That's got to be a mistake. I... I'm sure they've put the thing in the wrong place. I'm sure that's meant to be 656,000. Uh, maybe, but are you seeing what I'm seeing? Yeah. <laughs> what? What's going on? Oh, so is it... <sighs> what? Is it because they signed him late or something? I think maybe... Yes. Yes, signing date, April 3rd. There we go. 
That's why. That's why. They signed him on April the third to a one-year contract. So it's like it's like thousand. So he had like a a a a one-week cap hit of nine twenty-five, and then that's prorated to the rest of the season. Yes, when you look at cap hits, it's pro. It's oh yeah, here we go, here we go. It says yeah, this contract is a one-year ELC that was signed after the start of the season and is therefore subject to an increased cap hit value. That's mad. He was a minus one as well. <laughs> one game, <laughs> he had one Probably game played, play. one assist, minus one rating. <laughs> Mate, that's not bad. All all season, he made six and a half mil. He went point per game and was only one, minus one. Not bad. Not bad. For a rookie defenceman, that's pretty good. Do you know what? He's decent in college. He's decent in college. He's as just well. come off like a 30, 35 point season, eh? Like, yeah, I, t- I, t- I tell, tell you now, Jimmy Schultz is going to be the next bloody Nate Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. That took us on a fucking that took us on a weird turn, didn't it? Yeah, um, this, kid's, this kid's legit, I think. I mean, not legit, legit, but I think he's going to be good ish. No wonder they weren't concerned about getting rid of um who was that fucking defenseman they let go to the Sens. He was that good. Oh Eric Prandstrom. Eric Prandstrom. No wonder they weren't bothered about him. <laughs> George McPhee was like, oh fucking hell, they want Brandstrom for Stone as part of the deal. Oh hang on a minute, we've got we've got Jimmy Schultz here, I forgot about him. Oh yeah, you can have him, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like Pierre Doria's like, we're gonna need your best young defenseman, George. Ah, oh, no, not Jimmy Schultz. Wait, <laughs> no, Eric Brandstrom. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. You can have Eric Brandstrom. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Ah, oh, he's my new favourite player now. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Jimmy. Damn, I'm annoyed this isn't in the show. I'm devastated oh, this isn't in the show. We should just splice it in. <laughs> We should just splice it in. <laughs> oh, Jimmy Schultz! <laughs> right, I'm back. In, I'm back in the room. I will be watching this progress with a uh, with a keen eye. I tell you, yeah, I am going to be taking a very keen interest in Jimmy Schultz's progress because I want to know now how this boy does. Because he's damn near a point per game at college. He's pretty close. The last last two seasons, what he had thirty eight and forty, and then thirty five and thirty nine, didn't he? Yeah. That's all right. That's pretty good for a D. That's pretty good. That's pretty good indeed. <laughs> it's gonna be God. It's just it's still, it's just gonna be typical sense that the, that all the time they thought they had this amazing kid in Eric Brandstrom who might get injured in his first game or something like rupture his ACL, and then Vegas is just gonna trot out Jimmy Schultz, and everyone's gonna go, why didn't the Sens take him? <laughs> oh my god, that is fabulous. Buzzing, this is absolutely buzzing. staying in the show. Jim Schultz. <laughs> what a guy. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm back. I'm back. going to bounce around the world so every couple of weeks we will take a look at one of the hockey leagues not the nhl obviously it can be anywhere else in the world i'll start this week let's see what's going on in the aihl in australia 
On June the 8th, the Melbourne Mustangs were due to take on the Sydney Ice Dogs, but unfortunately they couldn't, as their flight was cancelled. The AIHL is semi-pro, so they haven't. Got, I assume they don't just have their own plane. I do. You a semi-pro team rocking around with a private jet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. We can only pay you like fifty quid a week for these games. I was like, oh, what do you mean? We got we get lobster every day. And we got a private jet. Why can you only pay me fifty quid? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I love it. This is what we're doing around the world. It's to see how the other half live, to see what goes on in other countries where a game was cancelled due to a, a flight cancellation. Ah, so, sorry about EasyJet. EasyJet went bust. We can't play. Of course, we all know the best thing about the AIHL is the scoring system. Three points for regulation win, two points for an LT win, one point for an LT loss, and zero points for regulation loss. The way it should be. But uh, as an Australian, is it if you come last in the league, you're the champion? Oh god, Australia's upside down. That's yeah, such an there you old, go. Totally <laughs> such that an old dad joke. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's terrible. This weekend, of course, though, a huge matchup as the reigning good old cup champions, the Canberra Brave, take on the Newcastle North Stars at the Hunter Arena in Newcastle in a top-of-the-table clash. Currently, both teams deadlocked on 33 points. The two main guys, of course, Jordan Draper on the Brave and an unbelievable name, Sammy Banger, of the North Stars. <laughs> Swear to God, that's true. What a guy. Only separated by one point at the top of the scoring charts. And the North Stars will be hoping to unseat the so far perfect goalie, Matthew Climey, of the Brave, who is 7 0 posting a 1.91 goals against average and a 9.26 save percentage. Gonna be a great matchup. I um, seem to have misread the brief. The second on, season you... of the Vivo Pro Kabaddi League is due to begin next month. With the <laughs> Bengaluru Bulls set to defend their crown. It was a busy off-season for the B- VPKL, with superstars such as Rahul Chaudhari and Siddharth Desai joining new teams, as well as new standardised start times to improve fan experience for both season ticket holders and television viewers alike. Will the Bulls be able to repeat? Or shall the Panther Pirates reclaim their title as the most dominant team in Kabaddi? You say you misread the brief. Maybe you did. But we've just stumbled onto something gold. This is what we're going to do. I'll do something <laughs> hockey and you just pick a random sport. Why the hell not? It's our show. We can do what the hell we want. Well, that's yeah, a good idea. That's a good idea. It's the off-season. We can, uh, yeah, we can dick around as much as we want. That's our point. Kabaddi's amazing. We've talked about Kabaddi before. If you've never seen Kabaddi, everybody, get on it. It's absolutely fabulous. Will, would you like to try and quickly explain Kabaddi to somebody who's not seen it? I never really, I never really understand it. Isn't it a little bit? So I know you, you get two teams. It's like a rectangular sort of court, if you will, split in half. Yeah, imagine a small tennis court without a net. That exactly. kind of shape, exactly. Yeah. And then you get the teams in each half, and then you get one bloke from each team. They take it in turns. You have to hold your breath and then venture into the other team's half. And then don't you like have to tag people? Is that Yes. So say for example it's my team versus Will's team. I pick somebody from my team to go into Will's team's side of the court. And the guy on my team has to touch somebody on Will's team and then get back across the line to his side before they catch him. All while holding his breath. Well, it, back in the day, it used to be you had to hold. It used to be you had to hold your breath. That was how they timed it. Because oh, obviously it, there was do you no. Do not have to hold your breath anymore? No, no. They have like a. They have oh, like okay. a. Like the NBA, they have like a shot clock now. 
Like you only have a certain amount of time to, to make a, I don't know how long it is. I want to say it's about 25, 30 seconds. And you have to make a move in that time to try and tag somebody or you kind of, you know, you lose a man. And then what happens is you start off with, I think, eight on each team. And then you end up sort of losing men as they get tagged or they tag you. And then you end up getting down to sort of like one-on-one or two-on-one or that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's a bit like dodgeball mixed with it mixed with, well, formally holding your breath. But Everyone get on Kabaddi. It's 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 an amazing sport to watch. And it is it's very exciting. It is very exciting. You uh, you get it on Sky Sports every now and again. So it's, uh, You can get it on Sky Sports, that's it's, right. It's always around. Next new segment, not hockey news. Something we think in the week is, I guess, interesting enough that we would stick it on here and talk about it. I'm going to go first. My first one is, OJ Simpson is on Twitter. The juice is loose. Oh, my God. And this is wild. He decided to join just a few days after the 25th anniversary of the murders of Ron Goldman and Nicole Brown Simpson, his ex-wife. And I'll tell you, juice... (laughs) He does not care. He does not care. He's posting videos. He's going to be giving his fantasy football picks. I'd, I'd love to know. I'd love to know what just goes through this man's mind. I, he's clearly a crazy person. But I mean, to be honest, if you got away with murder, quite literally, the most obvious murder in the history of murders, and you get away with it on national television after being filmed escaping from uh, from law enforcement on national television, I'd feel like I could do whatever the hell I want. No matter, it's a good point. Know, screw the consequences. The phrase "he got away with murder" was in, was invented for OJ because it's the most got away with murder in the history of got away with murders. I think I think for the man who got away with murder and then continued to <laughs> didn't think, oh, I'll just lay low and you know have a, have an easy life. Now I'm robbery, mate. That's that's my next logical step. <laughs> no, but here's, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Is it not slightly genius? Because if you didn't do it you wouldn't be guilty about going out there, would you? If you'd done nothing wrong, you would think, well, why can't I go out and do stuff? I've done nothing wrong. In his mind, I think he's trying to double bluff everybody <laughs> into thinking, well, he must be innocent. Why would he be on TV if he wasn't innocent? Why would he be making Twitter videos if he wasn't innocent? He'd never put himself out there if he was guilty. I, d- I wonder if he's like so far gone that he believes that he didn't do it. Yeah, you're right. Like jo- Johnny Cochran convinced OJ Simpson that he didn't kill anyone. Did you watch the People versus OJ? Oh yeah, incredible! Netflix? It was excellent. It was absolutely excellent. In- incredible. Cool. All right then. What was your not hockey news? Uh, but again, mine's, I've not deliberately failed the brief this time. I promise. But I've got. It's more of a fact that I learnt today, which I thought was quite interesting. Go on then. So uh, you're familiar with uh, Pocket Monsters, Pokemon? <laughs> yes. You're, you've heard of it. You've heard of it. So one of uh, one of the first set of like, Pokemon has been. Obviously, yeah, you got the, the TV show, you got the films, you got countless games. They've also made the the manga, the comics out of it. Yes, uh, they've done thousands of iterations of manga for, for Pokemon. I think it was the second iteration that they did back in like nineteen ninety seven or whatever. It was uh, written by a notable hentai artist. Oh my god! And uh, I was he was apparently quite pissed off when uh, he had to redraw most of you know pretty much every page <laughs> for the. Uh, for the Western release, I just thought, isn't that isn't that beautiful? Why? Because all the Pokemon had like massive genitalia. Well, yeah, it was it was things like just very sexualized characters and stuff. not the Pokemon themselves, like the you know women wearing Pokeball bras and stuff like that, and just oh my god, all a, all a bit too much, really. Isn't that just beautiful? You know, so it doesn't matter how much cartoon porn you draw, you can you can still get involved with one of the most recognizable franchises in in the known universe. 
bloody hell. I'd like to imagine some of the Pokemons, if they just let him carry on, like Coco and Vagini and stuff like that. Just what <laughs> what names I would have come up with for the Pokemon. Oh, they just all have ten- tentacles, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tentacles as well. I've never... That's very... Yeah, I've never got that. Very peculiar. Very peculiar. Like, I... <laughs> I, I, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I understand it. No, no, I don't get what you mean, Will. <laughs> in any way. <laughs> no, like, I, can, I can understand why people would be interested in it. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I, no, but like, I, I, Do you understand what you're saying? Tentacles, Will. Yeah, like I, I understand it. Like I, I, I can't see why you'd be interested in it, but I, I can, I can understand tentacles far more than I can understand like wanting to shag a car. <laughs> I guess, I guess, but that's like, well, yeah, I'd rather have sex with an animal than a piece of machinery. All right. Yeah, I there's get your no, point, there, there's no, but... I, there's no, I want in a sentence, Dan. It's just I understand why people would. We're gonna leave it there because I don't understand in any way. Okay. <laughs> because... That's very uh, very close-minded of you, Dan. Oh, I'll take it. I'll be close-minded in this case. I'm, ha- I'm happy to be close-minded. You can close all of my mind to tentacles in every single way. Because I... Fucking <laughs> hell. God, I can't wait for my introduction on the next show. <laughs> well, your introduction, a man who is not in, who's not open to other people's worldviews. <laughs> worldviews. We're talking tentacle porn as other people's worldviews now. Jesus, let's agree to disagree. I know, yeah. <laughs> well, again, I will happily agree to disagree in this case. When, to, when talking back on. <laughs> so what's happened? Game seven was what? How many days ago? We've already devolved well, into six this. Six days ago. <laughs> We've gone off the rails already. Christ almighty. Okie dokie. Next new segment is Close But Not Quite, where we are going to... I was typing something to Google the other day, and I don't know how, and I can't remember how it happened, but I saw the name Bill Kessel, and it made me chuckle. And I just thought, me and Will need to have a look and see if we can find somebody who's got a name similar to somebody who plays in hockey and what they do. So I'm going to start, because I think I've got two and you've only got one, right? Uh, yeah, I've only got only got the single. Even the single. Okay, so the aforementioned Bill Kessel. Will, did you know Bill Kessel is a chiropody instructor based out of Marietta, Georgia? And one of the best things which was written about Dr. Bill Kessel is on a professor page, people say that his classes are very easy to understand and he is a very good teacher. Oh, you can't ask for more than that when you're a teacher, can you? Not at all. And the other good thing was, somebody also wrote on his sort of professor rating page, Bill Kessel has an incredible snapper from the slot and makes his line mates better, <laughs> bar down beauty every time. Easily a 40 goal scorer, would husband, 10 out of 10. <laughs> which was also on that page. Yeah, is that genuinely on the Rate My Teacher genuinely, page? Genuinely on the Rate the Professor page. Excellent. Somebody wrote that for Bill Castle. Do you reckon he gets sick of people throwing hot dogs at him during his lectures? He must get so much grief. He must do. Ask him about his breath and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'd forgotten about that. Christ go. almighty. Right, who have you got? I've got John Sestito. He's not, a, he's not an amateur <laughs> boxer. He's actually the, the chief operating officer for my major financial accounts at HP. Oh. The computer boys. He's he's a big man in, in the real world. John Sestito. He's previously of, of Deutsche Bank, so he was formerly a banker, so he's still officially a wanker, just like his, uh, his namesake, Tom. I also want to shout out Len Holland, who is a 
retired manager from the wool industry who actually lives lives just down he lives about 10 minutes away from me and on his linkedin profile it says he <laughs> enjoyed weird. the late i know it's on his linkedin profile it says he enjoyed the late 1950s and 60s when wool accounted for 60 to 70 percent of sheep farmers gross income he misses the heady days of the 50s and 60s apparently does len holland all right <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't know what to do with that information. I know. I just... <laughs> like, fair play to you, mate. Fair, you know what? I just imagine him sat in the pub just talking about wool, just trying to, like, just with his rose-tinted spectacles. <laughs> oh, let me tell you. Let, let me tell you about wool. It wasn't like the 60s. Oh, man, those, those were the days. <laughs> this country was much better when we were selling more wool. <laughs> All right. New segment's uh, over. I like to you, Len. If I would see you, Len. Oh, dear. dear, dear. <laughs> this has been right. a funny week already. I know. We're going to move on to something called Trade for Trade, which is where we look at a, a sort of a, a, a notable trade that's happened in one of the major sports and then in America and then or Canada, and then we see if we can match it in the NHL. What would be the comparable trade in the NHL? Now, of course, this week, I'm not a basketball fan, but I'm where what goes on. Anthony Davis traded from the Pelicans to the LA Lakers for three squad players and three first round picks. So me and Will, without discussing it, have tried to work out what would be a comparable trade in the NHL if it were to happen. The rules are, because we want to do this sort of, you know, in memoriam now, we're going to try and do this the whole time that we're going to do this show, because I think it's kind of fun and interesting to do. The rules have to still stay as they are for the NHL. You can't just say, well, that's it. You can't just say Connor go to, goes to Pittsburgh or Austin Matthews has gone to Florida. You have to make it work within the cap. All the picks have to be there and that kind of thing. So I'll let you start, Will. What would you have as a comparable trade for this Anthony mm. Davis deal? Shit does have to work within the cap. I think that's, yeah. the, that's the one bit that I've, I've slipped up on. I don't know. Let me just have a quick look. I'll tell, I'll tell you what I've got because I'll, I'll be able... <laughs> it's either that or I'll just say, no, it doesn't work. So my equivalent of Anthony Davis... Again, not I'm like you, Dan. I don't know too much about the NBA, but it's such a, a force that you know, it's hard not to be aware of what's happening. Oh, it's fine. It works in the cap. Fantastic. Great. So my equivalent for Anthony Davis, he's got a couple of years left on his deal. I think he's got next season and then a player option. For anyone okay. who doesn't know my understanding of a player option, it's basically their <coughs> choice whether to re- renew for an extra year at the same cap, hit the same salary, or go to go, become a UFA a year early sort of thing. So my equivalent is going to be Taylor Hall, who's a year away from year away from UFA, former former Hart Trophy winner, former former MVP, fantastic player. Anthony Davis, my understanding, is a fantastic player in the NBA. I'm going to send Taylor Hall from the New Jersey Devils to the Philadelphia Flyers, who currently have 21 million in cap space, which I didn't think they did. <laughs> I think they've probably got a thousand RFAs to be to be signing. Yeah. Yep. Exactly a thousand, just as I uh, just as I predicted. But as as of today, they can fit in Hall's six million uh, cap hit under the caps. So that's fine. From the Flyers to the Devils, we're going to send Nolan Patrick, who's going to be my equivalent of Lonzo Ball. Both second overall picks from the 2017 draft. Both doing all right, but not quite reaching the lofty heights that their junior careers hinted they could get to. Probably in need of a fresh start. And then another couple of youngish squad, youngish squad players. I'm going to send Travis Sanheim, good young D-man for, for Philadelphia. And then I'm also going to send Ryan Hartman 
to to the devils just to round it out to to be our equivalent of just Josh Hall, Josh Hart, and somebody else. It was um oh yeah 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 Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and some other player that I've never heard of for obvious reasons. I don't I don't know what you want to do about picks and that, but I, I don't think in the NHL you get a first on top of that to be honest. Especially well, no, the idea, with, the idea was one year is, on, on the end. Yeah, yeah, the idea was is that you would would the team you would would the team trading for Taylor Hall, in this case, Anthony Davis, they would also have to give up those picks. I know it would never happen in real life. I get it. But it's more it's more that a works player, player the, for player the, match sort of thing. Yeah, but it would work in the NHL because the fly it would work because the flies do have all their first round picks for the next three years. So you Perfect. could do it. Yeah, that, that do, totally do, do you think that's a fair like would you would you trade that package for Taylor Hall? Or vice versa? Yeah, I do like that actually. I'm not gonna lie. That's good, not bad. It's good. Yeah, that is good. That is for, good for a year of Taylor Hall to get Nola Patrick and Travis Sanheim. I think I don't. I don't think you'd necessarily see it to be honest. Oh no! Oh god, no! You never see. I don't, I don't <laughs> this is why. The reason why we're doing this is as make believe. Will is because trades like this would never ever happen in the NHL. So we have to pretend. If this was a fun league, we yeah we'd actually yeah. be able to talk about them. Because think about it, then your top six would be Giroud, Voracek, Hayes, Van Riemsdyk, Couturier, and Hall. That's not too bad. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. And you're not losing too much off D because, you know, I, th- I still think that um, I still think that the Flyers have got a decent. Well, now they've got <laughs> they've got a decentish decor. Yeah, it's not great. I mean, they but... they've definitely got players. They're not <laughs> lacking for players now. There are definitely skaters who play for the Philadelphia Flyers who are defensemen. I can confirm. And then you, but no, you know, you're not you're not like you're not you know you're not trading you're not trading Gosta Sparewell Provorov, who are probably you know the two the my two sort of favourite D men on the flies. Well, probably everyone's actually, but but yeah, I like that a lot. I think that works. That's good. I'm I'm glad. I I hope I've shown you up for for whatever you're going to say. Probably. I just I just assume as with everything as we've discussed before, you're going to hear my trade and just go no. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Who uh, who right. are you sending? Who's your who's your big piece? Who's your superstar? I kind of went. I looked at it a little bit differently to you. Was that I tried to look at teams and needs. So I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning have traded Victor Hedman. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. They've traded Victor Hedman to the Edmonton Oilers for three firsts, along with Jesse Pugliarvi, Oscar Kleffbaum. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins. So, does he... I... this is not terrible, is it? That's yeah. Three Edmonton first round picks as well. That's all right, isn't it? Exactly. That's all... <laughs> like that could be that could be three first for fuck's sake. If things go the way you think they could go. So I was thinking about it. So Lakers, sort of former powerhouse dynasty team, down on their luck. Same as the Oilers. What is it the Oilers need more than anything? They need a defenseman who can sort them out, get them going, get all those players playing together. A top-level, absolute top-level D-man. They've got to get rid of some players to get under the cap. Getting rid of Clefbaum and Nugent Hopkins, two players who are kind of rumoured to be traded now and again. Obviously, Paul Yarby doesn't want to be there anyway. That was all talked about today with his agent saying about, you know, if he can't play here, he's going to go to Europe. He's not, you know, he's not going to go back to the AHL. So he'd get him off the books as well. I think the uh, I think the, obviously the Lightning have got enough that they're going to have to find some space anyway to re-sign um, their RFAs. So I thought it kind of made sense. They've still got I still think McDonald's McDonald's decent, 
They're going to try and offer the live Sergachev, who everyone raves about, I rave about. And then if they want to, they could always turn around Nugent Hopkins into another D-man if they want to do a trade there. So, I th- I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate it. My only problem is the idea of the Lightning trading Sergachev. Uh, sorry, Headman at all. But then I it's, agree. It's, it's, it's but you got to think of a team. So you got to think, not? yeah. If a team, if you got to think of a team, say we want Victor Headman off you, what would it take? You're getting three firsts, like like you've God. mentioned. Three firsts is ridiculous. They've got to make space anyway to sign other players. It, it kind of then takes away the pressure of having to hope that those players are going to take like a, a smaller bridge or a lesser deal. I mean, they might do anyway because, you know, they want to win, but you're still getting good enough players in return. You're not getting dross. You know, if they could get Paul Yarby playing as everyone thinks he can play, it'd be a better situation for him in, in um, Tampa. So, Would you, um, if you were Breezy Boy, old, uh, old Kenny Holland, old Len Holland phones you up. <laughs> bada bing, bada boom, Julian. Three firsts, Nuge, Cleffer, Pooh, 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 Jesse. Um, what are you saying for Victor Hedman? What What would you say? Would you Would you do it? Honestly, I think I would. Honestly, really? oh, mate. Like I, I don't, I don't think. Dude, you're a... getting so much back. Yeah, from you are getting, you insane. are getting so, you are getting so much. Sorry to cut you off, but this is a team. Well, that, this is a team. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. This is a team that should have won a cup in the last four years, and they're still very much primed to win a cup. I know it's not going to hurt them as much as it could do to get. They've they've got talent. They're still going to be a powerhouse. But you, nah. Maybe maybe make our trade in like three years, but then you're not going to get that package. Still, I think I think Victor Hedman's still more valuable to Tampa at this moment than that package is. I was thinking this is this is a 128 point team anyway. Are they really going to lose like 34, 36 points and not make the playoffs if Victor Hedman leaves? No, of course not. They're still going to make the playoffs. They're still going to be in with a shout. And as we know now, it doesn't matter where you are really in the postseason. Just get to the postseason, and they will. And like I said, they will now have they'll now have three firsts to play with. Well, essentially they'd have six first round picks over the first round, you know, in, in the next three years. You could easily then turn those into another Sergachev or whatever. <laughs> you, you could, you, go could to... you could trade them for Victor Hedman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you could trade them for somebody who is on a rookie deal or you know, who's on an ELC basically. And then try and yeah. get another young stud to come in and sort of help. If, if you were that desperate at the trade and you were kind of like, oh, God, are we going to make it? Are we going to not? They've still got enough decent defensemen there. I Don't get me wrong, I agree. Hedman's an amazing player. I'm not saying he's not. And But I think if someone came to me with... And it's not like Clef, Bob and Eugene Hopkins are complete bums. It's, you know, they're not terrible, are they? They're still good players. This is this is the thing. Clef, Bomb's still a top four D. RNH is still a top six player. My problem, my problem is with RNH and Paul Yarvey, really... Just because what what are you gonna do with them? So you you got a top six top six of Stamkos, uh, Braden Point, Kucherov, Palat. Uh, who who else is in the top six players? Tyler Johnson. Is Tyler, Tyler Johnson's there. Tyler, JT yeah, you can there. Ch- yeah JT Miller. You can chuck any of those players in. Then you have still got players like Yanni Gord, Anthony Sorelli, Alex Kalorn, and stuff like that. Um, who's that? Who's that French guy? Matteo Joseph, Adam Matthew Joseph, yeah. Andy Andreov, yeah, not fantastic players, but some of those players, specifically Sorelli um, and Gord, and then they've got like, Alex Barre Boulet in the AHL who just tore it up as a as a AHL rookie. 
I just feel like if you can get someone like Ryan Newton Hopkins, it's just going to get. Where are you going to play him? He's going to get in the way of ice time that you need from really good young young players. Well, dude, you can you can always flip him, can't you? Who's to then say right? So now you've got now you've got in theory in theory you could say we've got we've now got an excess of Ryan Nugent Hopkins, uh, Jesse Paul Yarvey, and six first round picks in theory because if you because obviously you trade in Hedman, so you'd probably try and fit Clefbaum in there somewhere to at least fill a hole for the time being. What's to then stop you going to? I don't know. Na- whoever's, whoever's picking, who, any yeah, anybody. What's turn turn Nugent Hopkins into Matthias Eckholm or someone like that? Yeah, or or even or even you could test the water and go to the Rangers or the Devils and say, okay, well Jack Hughes or Capo Caco, would you give us your first or second round pick this year for Ryan Nugent Hopkins and two firsts? And just see, no. just test it. They probably no, they probably wouldn't. They probably wouldn't. I agree. But now you've got so many pieces to play with. You could offer a ridiculous deal. To get an even, you know, an even more ridiculous team. Would you trade the pick for Capocaco? Let's say first overall, just to, um, yeah, okay, just to secure it. If you would you trade the first overall pick for Neutral Hopkins and three first overall picks? Sorry, three first round picks. So what? What are the orders picking this year? Tenth, something like that. Something Twelve? like that. And then something another like two. Would you trade Capocaco for that? I probably wouldn't. But if you're the Lightning, then you are absolutely rich in excesses of things. In theory, you don't really need, and because the team would take it, a team would a team would look at that and think, "Oh my god, we could get if we could get Pujarvi and Ryan Hopkins and two first and two first round picks over the next two years. That's a haul and a half for one player if you wanted to do that." But you're, you know, you're kind of selling me a bit because I don't think downgrading. Victor Hedman to Oscar Cuthbaum on your D's is going to be obviously it's going to be a massive hit but the Lightning are a good enough team and obviously they've got Vasilevsky as well in net I think they're a good enough team to probably handle that and still be a contender exactly they're, and then you've got the, the Lightning got, the Lightning are one of the few teams who can easily lose a Norris defenseman easily they could lose Victor Hedman they're not going to like I say they're not going to go from a 128 point team to a 90 point team they're still going to make the playoffs because they're so powerful all over the ice. They're just ridiculous. Christ, even their backups, that's records. Their backup goalie. They just got to do it in the playoffs. That's what you do, you know. You wait till the trade deadline and just buy it, just just trade for loads of playoff re- playoff ready players. Players who've done it well. <laughs> players who know what to do. Good in the room. Pat Maroon <laughs> for three first yeah. round picks. <laughs> and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like Breezeboro has too much to spend. And he's just like, uh, um, uh, Chris Kunitz, two first round picks. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That's what I. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. I mean, I still don't like it, but I like your creativity. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's something. I, I think they were both decent actually. Were, there was nothing egregious about either of those. I don't think. Oh, I mean, I know mine was great, but yours was fine. Okay. Let's move on to hockey news. Let's get this out of the way. Because this was pretty much the worst kept secret, which was Dallas Eakins is the new head coach in Anaheim. It's an internal promotion. He came, obviously, from the San Diego Gulls, who'd had a decent year this year. Any blazing hot takes on this, Will? My, my only take for it was I was kind of surprised it had happened because I was sort of, you know, already at that point of, well, it hasn't happened yet, so that's probably not going to happen and they're just going to get bloody... Um, I'm trying to think of a coach that's out of work, but they all now work for Philadelphia. Um, <laughs> Daryl Sutter, there you go. I thought it was hey, there we go. Daryl yeah. Sutter, why not? 
good hire. Good to see Dallas Aiken just getting another crack because he, he was given a short shrift in Edmonton, as many people were in the uh, early 2010s. Um, yeah, yeah, why not? I don't think like, he's got a lot of hope with that roster as constructed. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Trades, signings, player deals, all the news for this week in regards to this. Let's start with the big one. As we discussed, Will, after after last week's chat to uh, open the show, you would never give a player an eight-year contract. <laughs> Thoughts on Eric Carlson signing for an eight years and a fuck ton of money? Now the 15 seconds left on the power play. Couture in with Kane. Back to Logan. Takes a shot. Johnson save. Carlson, and he scores! Not much going here. Quick shot. Love that play by Couture. Comes right down out to Carlson and he picks the corner on Johnson. What a shot. That's going to give him some confidence as he walks into this one. I, uh, I don't like it, Dan. I don't no, like yeah. it. Me neither. Don't like it one bit. 11 and, neither. Eleven and a half million. Oh, God. For a man with one foot <laughs> and half a groin. <laughs> Mate. Mate, like, Do you know he's got he's got a full no move as well, for for all eight years. <laughs> Apparently so, mate. Oh, Eric, God. he's gonna retire after three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so so bad. I mean, it's hard though because he's still still the best defenseman to play the game for the last twenty years. Well, not twenty years, but you know, best defenseman in theory on the ice any given night. It's just whether he's on the ice. Do you know what it is? It's I'm more confused as to why the Sharks have done it because it's not like they're short of good defensemen. They're not like oh crap. Who, who's a team who's got a terrible who's got a terrible decor? Vancouver. Right. It's not like it's Vancouver and they're desperate for just a good you know a, a great D man who can bodies. Oh, fucking Edmund. I've just talked about it. The fucking Oilers. Uh, you know someone like that. It's not like they're them. They've already got good defensemen. They they really don't they don't need him at eleven and a half million for eight years. That's that's a mad thing, especially when you chuck in the Burns deal and the and the Vlasic deal as well. I think there's an element of ah whatever with with Doug Wilson on this one. He, he's almost looking at his cat friendly page and saying ah I'm already already in the shit with my D. I might as well carry on sort of thing. I wonder if he's just gonna. I wonder if he's thinking about well I'm gonna leave in I'm gonna leave in two years anyway. So fuck it. Maybe he's planned out his retirement or something already, and he's just thinking about leaving. To an extent, care. like, is there an element of that for for Doug Wilson because he's thinking I've had so many bites at the cherry now, and we've still not won the big one. Whether I deserve it or not, I'm probably going to get the can, just because you've got to change something. So I might, whatever. I just wonder as well is that he's probably looking at it thinking, well, Carlson was injured, so if we get him for eight years, then at least. Maybe years two, three, and four, he plays at his full at full health. And if we can win one of the, if we can win a cup in one of those years, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, does it? All's forgiven. This contract does not matter. If they win one cup in the next eight years, this contract does not matter, and nobody cares about it. That's all they're after now. I, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. I feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth a bit, but he is still fantastic. When Carlson plays, it's not like he's your average UFA who's had his best years behind him he's and you know is effectively useless he's still incredible but uh, just I just don't bank on him being he- healthy for long enough this is going to get mentioned a lot 
But did you see that the rumour that the cap is going to be between 81.5 and 82 million next year? <laughs> not, uh, not ideal, Dan. Not ideal. I'll say, I had a little bit of a look at the Sharks' cap-friendly page, as I imagine everybody did after they saw the announcement of this deal. I've been, I've been too busy next... looking at Jimmy, Jimmy Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> they will be now. Shout out to Jimmy. Do you know, for the next five years, the Sharks have got Forty-seven point two million committed to six players for the next five years. <laughs> As wait, so six players. We got Carlson, Burns, and Vlasic. Obviously, that's what twenty-six mil, isn't it? Yep. And there's so what forty-two was it or forty-six? Uh, forty-seven point two million for the oh next six God, years. That's sorry, point. for the next five years. For the next five years, sorry. For the next five years. Evander Kane. Yeah. Logan Couture. Yeah. Shit, who else have they got locked up? It's not Martin Jones, is it? Oh my god, actually, do you know what? I've just noticed someone else as well. Is it? Is it Martin okay. Jones? It is Martin Jones. For the next three years, they've got seven players locked in for 53.5 million. Oh, Thomas Hurtle. Thomas Hurtle, yeah. Jeez Louise. <laughs> they've got so many free agents this year. 47.5 million for six players. For five years. Mate, they, they've only got seven forwards signed for next season. I know that I know the narrative is always that the Sharks draft well and they find these diamonds in the rough. That'd be great if they had some draft picks. <laughs> but now they haven't even got draft picks because one, two, three. What do, you, what do you mean they've got a second rounder this year, a third rounder? They've got ten in the next two years. I mean that's not nah, I suppose it's not no, terrible, they've more, but they've got more than that, haven't they? Because they've got five, no. five this they've year. Got five and... this year, five next year. Oh shit! Yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's ten. It ain't good. It ain't good. It's, I mean, it's not ideal. It's not ideal. But then they've got Eric Carlson and um, <laughs> Barkley Goodrow. It's a fair point. Jesus Jeez Christ. Louise, that is um, yeah, not ideal. Not ideal. I don't think. I'm not denying Eric Carlson is a fantastic player, and he is. He is the best defenseman probably but. the past 20 years. But he's 29. He's been injured a lot. Eight years, 11.5 million. When you haven't really got the cap space anyway, you've got to walk away from that deal. I get it. I get it. He might come back next year and be fit and healthy, but I just... I just, I, I cannot wait to see what their roster looks like on opening night. I just... I think they've they've got enough space to get people back on cheap deals I think the key is going to be getting like Jumbo Joe to come back for cheap and Joe Pavelski to come back for cheap I'll say and by cheap you mean a million well I mean if you can get Thornton to get down to like two or something and then we'll get Pavelski in for like four problem with that is though like Pavelski is still kind of in prime earning mode yeah in a way and like he had a really really good year last year yeah exactly so I don't think you can quite convince him to get that sort of pay cut. I don't think. What was he, what was he earning? Last year he earned 6 mil. And yeah, he had a 64-point season, which isn't bad. 38 goals. All right, I suppose. And easy captain. I just... This is where this is where comparisons... This is where the comparisons will start to kill people. But I'm going to do it anyway because I don't care. He had 64 points last year. You think Jeff Skinner had 63 and just got a $9 million contract. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it starts. This is when it starts. 
<sighs> Mate, that's the thing. And like, Pavelski's only 34. If if Pachamalo's still sitting on a $6.25 million contract, I feel yeah. it's a bit unfair to ask, uh, ask little Joe to go down to $4 million. I could see GM for sure giving Pavelski sort of 6 to $6 million for two years. Oh, easily. yeah. I, I don't think he'll go, though. I don't think he will either. They've There's just something in the water in, in San Jose. They've just got it down to a T. People love it there. They've they've got to... Well, they don't have to, but re-signing-wise, there's LeBanc, Donskoy, Haley Pavelski, Thornton, Nyquist, Maya, Gambrell, and then on D, uh, Joachim Ryan and young Tim Heed. That's that's the that's the problem. It's it's the it's not that they have to fill out with players. It's the players that have to get back into the team. Yeah. Who have they who have they got signed? So, as far as like top six options, they've got Logan Mature, Evander Kane, Thomas Hurtle. That's yeah, that's it. That's one line, and those players don't even play together. <laughs> well, that's that's going to be the top line next year. Gotta be, it's got to be right. Yeah, then, then the second line's going to be what? Melka Carlson, Barkley Goodrow, and Marcus Sorensen. <laughs> Not ideal. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they what they do, really, wouldn't it? Because you're going to have to give, what, Timo Meyer had a hell of a year, so did Kevin LeBanc. And then, oh, mate. I mean, Timo Meyer is part of that new generation of players who can now pass with their hands. So it's like he's even got you it's know, incredible. extra abilities. He's, yeah. he's over and above what you'd expect. Yeah, <laughs> he's made passes no one's ever made before. How many? How many points? At least a million. How many points did Jeff Skinner have last year? Sixty-three. Sixty-three. Timo had sixty-six. Sure, he. No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. Oh my god, yes, he did. Timo Mora had a year, had an absolute year. So did Kevin LeBanc. Kevin LeBanc had um, yeah, fifty-six, and he played most of that on the third line. How did the Sharks not win the cup? <laughs> I mean, I mean, these fucking numbers you're throwing out to me. How did they not win it? They had like seven players who scored fifty points or more. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah, they they had a they had a pretty good year. It's got to be said, dude, dude. Oh my god, eight players with fifty points or more on the Sharks last year, and and guess who wasn't in that eight? <laughs> was it Eric Carlson? It was Eric Carlson. <laughs> Go on, just quickly name the eight for me. Who were the eight players on the Sharks who had fifty or more points? Or me? I've got I've got a list yeah, go in front on. of me. Why don't you name them? Because I can't be bothered. It's eight. Right. That's too many. So so it's, uh, honorable mention: Eric Carlson, ninth, forty-five points in fifty-three games. Still pretty good. Still pretty yeah. good, I suppose. Eighth, Jumbo Joe, fifty-one points. Seventh, Kevin LeBanc, fifty-six points. Tied with Evander Kane, who also had fifty-six points. Seven million dollar player that. Fifth was Joe Pavelski, 64 points. Last two were only in 75 games as well. Timo Meyer, 66 points. Logan Couture, 70 points. Thomas Hurtle, 74 points. And number one, Brent Burns, 83 points in 82 games, which is all right, I suppose. Yeah, so I was looking, yeah, so four of those players would, would still, well, they don't have to come back, but yeah, four of those players are currently on time. <laughs> that's, that's awful. Yeah, that is bad. It's, uh, it's not ideal. Not ideal at all. If you're losing sort of what two, about two hundred and twenty points out of, your, out of your roster, if they can't get them back, you got to replace that. Fucking hell, crikey! And and then you think you got Gustav Nyquist who had eleven points in nineteen games as well. <sighs> then Tim Heath thirteen points in thirty-seven games. So like, 
I've got <laughs> got some players I need to uh, need to resign there. Really, yeah, it's yeah. a bit. The more I think about it, the more I just don't get it. The more I think about it, what what why they signed Carlson or how they didn't win the cup. <laughs> option C, all of the above. They're in a bit of a pickle, I think. I'll say. Is that, is that the right way to put it? All right, let's move on, because I'm just going to be here all day scratching my head otherwise, looking with crossed eyes at Cap Friendly's page for the Sharks. Have a three-hour podcast if I was just going, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> just going, and then going, wait, what? No. Oh, what? Ah, oh, never mind. Yeah. Frantically hey, pushing head. buttons on a, uh, on a calculator to work out the percentage of, of Jeff Skinner's cap hit they deserve. <laughs> hey, here's some, here's some stats for you, Will. Here's all the players who are going to be making less money than Kevin Hayes next year. Oh my God, hit me with it, because I'm here for it. All right. Evander Kane, Max Pacioretty, Patrice Bergeron, Nick Backstrom, David Pasternak, Alex Radulov, Brad Marchand, Mark Shifley, Dylan Larkin, Philip Forsberg, Taylor Hall, Alexander Barkov, Jake Gensel, Jonathan Huberdeau, Cam Atkinson, Johnny Goudreau, and Nathan McKinnon. Don't don't put Jake Gensel in there, because that's... Why? There are a couple of... Because couple of, Jake Gensel's Jake Gensel. I'm just giving you facts, Will. That's all. You do. <laughs> you know how I feel about it, Gensel. Fair enough. But yeah, uh, that is a uh, who's who of good players. And Kevin Hayes. I mean, this is a hard <laughs> no, thing. He's a good player. He's, he's a good player. Great player. What's the most amount of points he scored in his career? Do you know this already? <laughs> I, oh, I roughly know, isn't it? Like 47. <laughs> yeah, it's 49. <laughs> 49. And he did that last year and he's our $7 million player. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh. fucking old Jack Jenkins had 76 points last year fair play fair play <laughs> see see <laughs> that's our one and a half Jeff Skinners <laughs> Keith is a 13 million dollar player <laughs> oh man you know we keep you know we keep laughing about like the Skinner contract and what it means for other players what about the players we've already signed <laughs> and we're looking at that going oh for fuck's sake well, this, he's this... making how much this is the thing because like I mean I'm so torn on and this Kevin Hayes contract is is the problem Kevin Hayes is kind of worth 7 million based on based on like where the cap is projected to go and stuff and where it has gone I can I can see it he's kind of worth 7 million based on previous UFA contracts and stuff like that 7 million is not awful but (laughs) the question that keeps coming back to me is what what do we use as as a yardstick sort of thing? Do we use the the bad contracts? Like if if Jeff Skinner scored fifty three points and getting nine million, then sorry sixty three points, and Kevin Hayes has been used poorly throughout, etc. etc. You can compare him to contracts like Jeff Skinner's and say, yeah, okay, he's worth seven million on the open market, which he effectively yes. was. Yes. But then, do we consider the good contracts as the yardstick? You know, your your Nathan McKinnon's, your Mark Shifley's, your David Pasternak's. What what should we be comparing this contract to? Because you got on one hand, it's a terrible, laughable contract. On the other hand, it's fairly in line with with what you expect. Until I saw until I saw the stats, if you'd have said to me, "What do you think Kevin Hayes is worth on the open market?" I would have said about seven million. Honest to God. But then when I saw that. It's hard because you never fucking know and he might just find a groove in Philly and be on his way and be fine. 
and he might suddenly next season get 65, 70 points. Maybe they'll deploy him properly. He's got different players playing with him now. Maybe they'll gel. You never know. But we can only go off what we know now. And paying 7 million to a guy who's never scored more than 49 points in his career right now on this day seems crazy. Yeah, it does seem a little bit cra- crazy, doesn't it? I'm just going to have a wee little, wee little look compared to two years ago free agency. Because I think... Because, yeah, based on based on the light, <clears throat> I just want to see some comparables. Standard... <laughs> uh, yeah, no, even two years ago, Kevin Ace is well overpaid. <laughs> oh, OK. Victor Arvidsson, 4.25 million a year. Nino Niederreiter, Ryan Johansson, etc., etc., etc. Like, yeah, Alex Radulov, 6.25 million, and the kid's an absolute monster. If, if Kenny Kuznetsov makes, like, Less than a million more than Kevin Hayes does. Yeah, sorry, Kevin, you're being overpaid. Fair play to you, though. Yeah, fair play to the guy. Well done. Well done to him. Power to him. Power to him. It's it's weird, though, isn't it? It's weird. the The strangest thing about Hayes signing with him, and and again, I'm going to backtrack on on my uh, on what I've just said. He was used inappropriately earlier in his career used more as a shutdown centre which he still did yeah. well at but he didn't score as many points obviously and then you know once the coach who used him in such a thing was relieved of his duties he uh, was given a more offensive role and then was able to flourish and turn into the beautiful swan that he is now unfortunately Dan <laughs> that coach's <laughs> name was Elaine Vigneault and, uh, <laughs> I, t- I don't know if you know where Elaine Vigneault is working nowadays He's uh, he's part of the King Ghidorah team over at uh, over in Philly. There, yes, I think he's the centre head. So he is what, the <laughs> what? What is what's Kevin Hayes thinking? I'd I'd go to if if he's getting seven million out of Philly, go to free agency, boy. Like you get seven and a half, eight out of someone. Do you at least if you're Kevin Hayes, talk to Vino and say, "All right, what happened in New York? That's not going to happen here, is it?" No, you don't. Are, you are. Im- you are getting me here to score goals and put up numbers, correct? I'd, like, no matter what, if I'm Kevin Hayes and I talk to Vigneault about that, I don't believe a word that he says. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Why Why would you? Of course he's going to say, yeah, I'll, I'll use you, mate. You'll be my number one centre, I'll pay, play you 40 minutes a night. And he's going to be playing behind Giroud and Couturier on opening the night, I'll tell you now. It is odd that he didn't test the waters, isn't it? Just I don't, yeah, I don't get it. Like, I get the idea of... Yeah, you know, he, he probably wants to be on the East Coast and in the Eastern Conference, but there's got to be someone else there. Give him that money or or more, and probably be, you know, be able to say for sure that he's going to be their second line centre. Yeah. So I, I I don't think he will be in Philly. They've been they've been moving uh, Giroud to the wing the last couple of years, but I I do not trust Elaine Vigneault <laughs> uh, and his merry men to do that. <laughs> His merry men. Do you know? I think like uh, he's he's gonna run through as his top centre. He's gonna have Couturier back as the second second line centre. I can't believe what, if they still have Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons will be on the top line. I just don't think it's gonna go very well. Travis Konechny on the fourth line, and no, Nolan Patrick as well. Like what's? Yeah, I I don't see it. I don't see it. You don't Shh. see this working out then. I don't, not for not for Kevin Hayes, no, no. I mean, it's going to work out because the kid's just got what fifty million dollars. He's going to be paid over the next seven years, so fair play to him. Whatever. 
I guess so. I guess, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll stay in Philly as well because they've also made a couple of the moves. Linking back to the Sharks, the Sharks to accommodate the Eric Carlson deal have moved Justin Braun to the Flyers for a second and a third, which, as you pointed out, Will, was a great trade three years ago. Fantastic move three years ago. Um, yeah. Braun, Braun would go on to be a, a solid, steady presence that Philly needed on the back end before, um, before the start of the 2019-20 season where he suddenly turns into an old man. A second and a third. Second I was a bit third. surprised that I know. I was a bit surprised they got that. It's it's not so much the price, I don't think, because like he's got reputation, and you compare it to to the other sort of deals that are around the place, and yeah, fair enough. It's the price is all right. It's just the fact that the trade was made at all. Well, the Sharks obviously have to trade somebody somewhere because they've. <laughs> I don't know if you know this film, but they're kind of up against the cap. Oh yeah. Oh, let me clarify, Dan. I don't think the Sharks made a bad choice there. <laughs> no, yes, yes. My uh, my query is why the Flyers wanted to... And they've got plenty of D-men anyway. Especially as this happened after they picked up Matt Niskanen for you know, reasons we don't quite understand. Uh, yeah, As far as young players they've got, they've got obviously the aforementioned Provorov and, and Kostis Bear. They've got Travis Sanheim, they've got Robert Hag, they've got Philippe Myers... I think they've got some other players as well. It's just a bit, why bother? Especially when you've got Niskanen on top of that. I don't think they need him. Yeah, I was I was going to say it was a a strange move for the shark uh, for the Flyers to pick up a D-man, which they'd already done earlier in the week, picking up Matt Niskanen for Radko Gudis, which makes sense from a Caps point because Niskanen had had a bad season. They're trying to save some salary because they've got some players to re-sign. But the major takeaway from this, which I think every team in the league, including the Washington Capitals, should be terrified about is now that Radko Gudis and Tom Wilson are on the same team. It's a, it's a worrying situation to be in, to be quite frank. Well, how long does it take Radko Gudis and Tom Wilson to get into a fight at practice? They've already had a fight. It just hasn't been reported. <laughs> if if, if Radko Gudis is trying to murder, you know, explode Sean Couturier from the knees up... I, uh, I don't think I don't think it's going to take long for something to happen between him and him and Wilson. We were laughing, saying that Radko Gudis keeps having to do things like this to prove that he is the Highlander because there can be only one. Now him and the other Highlander are on the same team. They are going to have to fight and really get this sorted out to find out who the true alpha male is in the league. It's um yeah, it's a worrying situation, a very worrying situation. The the thing that really um opened my eyes about this trade, and I think it I think it did for a couple of other people. I didn't realise that Matt Niskanen had been so bad last year. Yeah, you sent me a message saying something like why have they made this trade or something, and I didn't even reply. And then you came back to me with, "Oh, never mind. I've just seen Niskanen's numbers." <laughs> <laughs> it's one of these fantastic, you know. Shout out to the GOAT, uh, Michael Blake McCurdy, ineffective math yeah. on Twitter. His fantastic heat maps just yeah expose Niskanen for the absolute liability that he is. Okay, then moving on. Stay with the Capitals. Kevin, Kevin Hayes. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Carlson. Wait, what? No, what? Never mind. Stay with the Capitals. Uh, Carl Hagelin resigns for four years, $11 million. I like Carl Hagelin. I think he's a good player. I think uh, he's a good player. I, I think he has been good. I think to give a... Well, he's 30 years old now, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, 30 years to old. Give... I don't hate that deal. Two, 2.7 million for the next four years. That's... Mate. That's, That's a, perfectly fine for me. People need to stop giving third and fourth line players four-year deals. It's stupid. <laughs> it's dumb. 
let me let me speak to you as a man of experience who who's oh, owned GM. Go. Last year signed Blake Como to a three year deal. Granted, it wasn't as large as an, as an eleven million deal, but and, and Blake Martin, Como. But yeah, exactly. Blake Como's got to play the three year deal on the go. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go at me about John Moore again. Oh yeah, well John Moore as well. That's a that's a different different problem entirely. Fair point. Carl, Carl Hagelin is an effective player, or was this season for the Washington Capitals? Wasn't he effective player for the Pittsburgh Penguins? No, he was not. Was an effective player for the uh, for the Anaheim Ducks a, Ducks a few years ago. No, he was not. I Haglin's fine, but he's like Michael Grabner if Michael Grabner couldn't finish, and Michael Grabner can't finish. You know what I mean? Kind of, but you can't convince me on this. I like I don't mind this deal. I really don't mind this deal. <sighs> I I think you're thoroughly wrong, Dan. You shouldn't <laughs> you shouldn't like it. There's next Just to no. Like. Carl Hagelin is replacement level. I suppose, but no, I don't know. I don't mind it. Get, I don't mind it. Get Sorry. me any get me any speedy player out of college or junior or whatever at the AHL level and they'll do just as well as Carl Hagelin would. I suppose. I mean I'd I'd prefer you just agreed to agree, but fair enough. New York Rangers making some moves and using some of their assets, getting Jacob Truber from the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> assets. <laughs> That's very well. They had like very generous. <laughs> Pionk and which is a, a weird concern to fate. They get their own first back, which I mean, Truba didn't want to be there, did he? And the Jets probably couldn't afford to re-sign him anyway. So are they that much of a cap run? Yeah, they do, they've got to re-sign um, Lyonie. Is it uh, Kyle Connor? I think as well. Oh yeah. Oh fucking hell! We go back to <laughs> back to cap friendly. Jimmy Schultz. Yes, yeah, so they've got twenty. They've got twenty-four million to spend. And yeah, so Kyle Connor, Patrick Line, oh Christ, yeah, they've only got well one, two, three, four, five, six. They've got seven forwards and five defensemen signed so far. Ego, Dan. But case in two point. of those forwards are Patrick Line and Kyle Connor. Case in point, Dan. What, what did I say a minute ago about giving bottom six players multi-year deals? You said it wasn't a good idea. Wasn't a good idea. Matthew Perot and Adam Lowry making. Over seven million dollars between them, and uh, both still have another pair of seasons left on their deals. Not ideal, not ideal at all. That's how you end up in situations like this. Imagine if that seven million dollars could have been given to Jacob Truba to keep him around for one more season. All right, you're turning my mind around now. Good. Um, uh... <laughs> okay. Good because I don't want to have to like talk a... about Dmitry Kudelkov as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like my headman trade before. Um, yeah, all right. I'm warming. I'm warming to what you're putting down. Like, I yeah. Well, one thing I will give you is I'd rather have John Moore for five years than uh, Adam Lowry and Matthew Pro for for another two years. <laughs> yes, everything's coming up, John Moore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get that the Jets had to trade him because he's. <laughs> I've never seen a player sign so many one-year deals while they're in RFA. Like, that's just beautiful. Just I know. I've pr- never seen a I've never seen a player be talked about being traded so much. He has to, he had to have been the most traded player I'd ever seen that was never actually traded. It seemed like every god like every month it was Jacob Trouba's looking at this. Jacob Trouba's not happy here. Can this team make a move for Jacob Trouba? And fair play to the Rangers. And, you know, I, I think he's a good player. Uh, I don't know. Oh yeah, definitely. And if he if he's going to be happy to stay there, then they're absolutely laughing. Yeah, which it sounds like he is. 
another trade before we get on to buyouts and contract signings. Are we not allowed to talk about how terrible a trade it was for the Jets? The floor is yours, mate. Off, off you go. Uh, Neil Pionk. Uh, young. That is his only attribute. <laughs> that's a, that's the uh, that's Will's trade take. That's my that's, my that's my scouting report on Neil Pionk. <laughs> Officially under the age of twenty-five, like he's only like fourteen months younger than Jacob Trooper is as well. That's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of it. He's um, yeah. You got to think there must have been there must have been other teams. There must have been other teams that would have offered a first for Trooper. Yeah, I mean, you'd have thought so, unless they're trying to offer sheet someone, but they haven't got anybody. <laughs> haven't got no, the cap no, space yeah. to do it. No, no way. It's. <laughs> It's the thing where, like, the Jets have got have got players in their system that are Neil Pionk. <laughs> Chuck Logan Stanley in there. Play Tucker Pullman. Play, uh, obviously, they're playing Josh Morrissey. Play Sammy Niku a bit more. Like, you don't need Neil Pionk. Ah, what can you do? What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? Another head scratcher. And, <laughs> Christ, let's fucking add it to the list. Only matter goes to the Chicago Blackhawks for Dominic Cahoon and a fifth round pick. Jesus, yeah, I forgot about that. I will get onto the pens in a little bit. Spoiler alert when we do our award ceremony. I don't say this lightly, but Jim Rutherford's kids need to do something. They need to take him away from all kinds of communication, get him a nice farm somewhere with no phones, no emails, because for some reason he is destroying this Penguins team. And not destroying it to rebuild it. Just destroying it. Now, I'm not saying only matters the next coming of Eric Carlson. I'm not saying only matters the greatest thing since sliced bread. He isn't. But on that defence, on that Penguins defence, only matter is a very, very good option. And they've got rid of him for a, essentially a utility player and a fifth round pick. It's, it's not even what they've traded him for, which is... I mean... It's it's a weird one because Oli Matter's not particularly good, <laughs> not particularly good at all, really. It's uh, they've had to get rid of him because they have Jack Johnson and Eric Gabranson. Yeah, and Eric Gabranson. That's what I'm saying. When you look it's, at that defense, it's, it's the result. It's not necessarily the player they're getting rid of. It's the player that they've chosen over the player. It's the, yeah, the players they've retained. What's Jim doing? It's really hard. Who did I compare Matter to? I was trying to find it, but I. Not doing very well. Oh God! Just while we're just while we're thinking about this, I'll give you a shout out to a friend of the show, Joe. Shout out to Joe. Here's here's Joe's take on the on the the Trooper trade. Go on. Oh, I feel <laughs> I feel a bit bad, a little bit mugging him off. No offense, Joe. Uh, Trooper to the Rangers for Pionk and the 20th overall pick in the 2019 first round. Not bad at all. Little okay symbol, you know, a little chef's. Oh yeah. Ah. Uh, although, although I did like Pionk, he has potential. Oh no, I've misread that. I thought you were saying that Jacob Trooper has potential. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, I like Pionk. This Trooper kid could be alright though. No, Joe liked Pionk, and he probably watched a lot more Rangers games than we did. But I still stand by my take of Neil Pionk being young, and that's about it. <laughs> you you know, it'd look really good on that Penguin D right about now. God, John Moore. <laughs> <laughs> they could go for a, for a little bit of John Moore on that day. Yeah, they could. They could. Oh, little de- decent little cap hit as well. How? <laughs> Not too bad. 
How is Eric Branson making $100,000 less than Brian Dumoulin? I have no idea. I have no idea. That's horrendous. I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to spoil it. We'll get on to Rutherford in a minute. Okay. A uh, couple of buyouts. LA Kings buyout Dion Phaneuf, who is now a free agent. And then the headlines were they were going to use some of that money to try and time Patrick Marlowe, which I found uh, beyond insanity. And that they're going to buy out an old guy to put in an even older guy who makes a lot more money. He didn't make more money, though, because FNAF was on, like, $7 million or something, wasn't he? Yeah, but I was thinking against the Kings against the Kings cap. Oh, yeah, like, they, they're not even using the cap space that they've created. Unless I'm wrong there. How much was FNAF against the cap for the Kings? Do we know? Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. Oh, yeah, because Ottawa retain. So what what happens now? Didn't Ottawa, didn't Ottawa retain and the Leafs retained? So it wasn't like Fanos cap hit to the king something like two million or something ridiculous like that, or am I way off there? Shit, yeah, I don't I don't oh, here we go. We might have the information. Hang on a minute. So Ottawa retains seventy five percent. Sorry, twenty five percent. No, the Leafs didn't retain at all. Oh, okay, fair enough then. Okay, so yeah, it it would be more. So he was he would be on he was five point two five for the Kings. Oh there you go then, yeah. And Marlowe's what, six point two five? Yeah, he is. That is interesting. That's really funny. That's really, <laughs> that's really weird. So where where Dion's been bought out, the the Sens now have a portion of that buyout. Yes, yes, they do. That's a little bit. That's a little bit fucked up in there. Yeah, what's the Sens? What's the Sens hit on that buyout? So, I can't imagine it's much though. No, it's not a lot. So it's, I'll, I'll round it up. Seven thirty this year, then one million three hundred fifty-five next year. Then, and then three fifty three fifty five for the next two years. That's still like part of me kind of want just want it gone for after two years. It's just weird that the Kings can buy a player out and the Sens effectively have no choice in it. Well, yeah, but if you trade someone and retain salary, you know, there you go. That's what you got to do, isn't it? That is very very odd. I think it's a strange rule. Another buyout, which happened yesterday. Corey Perry. This one's scared out me. by the Anaheim Ducks, which. I, as I like as I like to do, I did go on Duck's Twitter and check the reaction, and there was no, I want to say no hard feelings, but you kind of you know how fans sort of react sometimes. It can be, oh, this guy's been this, this guy's been that. It was all love for Corey Perry, tons of sort of well wishes and good looks and all that kind of thing. I mean, fair play to him. Seeing as next year he's going to make six million dollars for, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nothing. You'd certainly hope. Oh yeah, but oh, I thought you meant he was going to make six million dollars from some team. Another team. Him. <laughs> no. That'd be a bit worrying. I I think any <laughs> any team out there who needs scoring should be very worried that Corey Perry's on the open market. I know I am. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, <laughs> are you expecting to see Corey Perry in a nice green shade next year? Maybe. I mean, I'm. I wouldn't say expecting, but. I mean, I could see it happening. I could just because he's in theory he's going to be cheap. It'll probably take like a one-year one mil. The fact that he's available is enough of a worry. That is a terif- That is terrifying. The cap hit in two years for the for the Ducks is six and a half million. <laughs> That's horrendous, isn't it? I nearly i. It takes a lot to surprise me these days, but <laughs> when I saw the six and a half million. Next, not next season, season after. <laughs> my mouth, my jaw just hit the table. So you'd just keep him, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, you said that to me, didn't you? Yeah, you said to me yesterday, like, well, just, just why don't you just keep him? Just, you know. There's only then, a, couple, yeah. a couple of years left, weren't there? Yeah, but no, I can see why they've done it. I can see why they... I mean, maybe, maybe he said to them, maybe, you know, maybe there's... As I like to say sometimes, what we see and what we hear is not what is seen and what is heard. We, we don't always know the truth, do we? He might have just said to them, look, just buy me out because I, I love this team. I love these fans. I'm not going to do this to this team anymore. I don't feel like a performer anywhere near any level. <laughs> I'm not going to do this to this team anymore. I can't, you, li- dude, I can't live you with know myself. what hockey players are. Dude, you know what hockey players are like. Would you be stunned if that was the case? Seriously? No, no, not at all. Because they're all idiots. Yeah, they're all crazy. You know what they're like. Oh, for the good of the team. Maybe he's just said it. Maybe he's just said. Sorry, I'm sorry. I, I can't do it. Just it's better for you to buy me out. I'll play somewhere else for a couple of years. I'll probably try. You know, I'll try and go to the east or something. So I'm not playing the ducks as much as I might need to. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if that's kind of what's happened. And he's just been honest and said to them, I, you know, I don't want to drag the team down or something because I feel like I am or something like that. I don't know. Oh, Corey Perry, poor guy. What a guy. What a guy. What what a situation. <laughs> and then finally, the last thing. A signed contract. Jordan Eberle has taken a pay cut to re-sign with the New York Islanders. 159 regular season games with the Islanders had 96 points. And his new contract is, I think, was, was it six years, five and a half, I think was the deal? Yeah, that sounds about right, which is a bit of a bargain, to be honest, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. And then, but it was, I think it was his the uh, it was his postseason, wasn't he? he? Had eight points in nine games in the postseason, and everyone was kind of happy that he'd sort of finally broken that shackle. Which was the criticism in Edmonton was that he had, he had that terrible postseason run that year, and that was what soured him. On yeah, those that, that one year that he made it to the postseason <laughs> with that terrible. That one squad. year that they made it to the postseason, yeah. <laughs> Where he's expected to work miracles. Sorry, no, it's five years at five and a half million was the deal, not six. So even better. A little bit shorter, so we're uh, we're absolutely laughing. To me, yeah, to me that's kind of a great job by Lou. Twenty nine years old, hundred points in, one hundred sixty games. Yeah, decent. Five and a half million. Yeah, good price, good deal. I like that one. Yeah, could be could be a whole lot worse. I think he, I, there are a lot of teams that would like pick up Everly, and yeah, good on good on Lou for retaining him. To be honest, should we move on to awards? Will I, th- I think we should. I think we should. it's about that time of the night. So I'd like to welcome everyone to the inaugural Two Brits, One Puck NHL Award Show. Without further ado, let's get cracking. We'll start off with the one of the major awards, the first award of the evening, the, the Quebec Nordiques Team of the Year Trophy. There's no other option for me. And the Team of the Year clearly was the Ottawa Senators. I, I don't think any team in history has given us as much entertainment as the Sens have done. And and I just I couldn't look past them. And they they still go as entertainment to this to this very day. I love them. I love the vampire that runs them. I love his smog used car salesman sidekick. I love the Sens. It's it's a in my opinion they're a feel good story well. Unless you you're a Sens fan in which case it's the worst thing ever. But to everyone else, they are the feel good team and the Quebec Nordic team of the year trophy winners in my opinion. Uh, who did you pick? Uh, I I also picked the Ottawa Centres for the, <laughs> for the Nordiques team of the year. For Dan, they are definitely a team. 
they are absolutely a team. You, you cannot argue. They are a team. They are. It, as as the man himself, Pierre Dorian, said, we are a team. And who else deserves the team of the year but a team? I haven't heard any other NHL franchise come out and declare themselves a team. So, by default, it's the centres. There we are. Moving on to the second award of the evening, it's the Game of Thrones Disappointment of the Year Award, which, for me, again, there was not... Sometimes the easy answer is the best answer, and it was the Tampa Bay Lightning. It had to be them or the Flames, I feel, but having a record-breaking season in so many ways to then get destroyed in a sweep by a team that sneaked into the postseason after going all-in just to make the postseason was nothing short of a disaster. I'm hearing rumblings that Victor Hedman could be on his way to the Oilers. Maybe they're looking at doing something, maybe they're looking at shaking things up. I don't know, these are just rumours I've heard. But uh, yeah, the Game of Thrones Disappointment of the Year Award has to be the lightning for me. I've, uh, I've gone a slightly different direction. I'm going to give it to the Toronto Maple Leafs. I've... Good choice, good choice. I've had enough, Dan. I've had enough. I don't want to hear any more about you know, your big-headed... Not, not like egotistical, just he has a big head. American centre in Austin, Austin Matthews being the second coming of Jesus Christ himself. I don't want to hear any more about Mitchell Marner and his and his points leeching off of Johnny T. This was meant to be the year they got out of the first round. Didn't happen. I don't care that they lost to the team that went to the final. I don't care a bit, Dan. The Toronto Maple Leafs have been a disappointment this year. They may win it again next year, well, the way things are looking right now. <laughs> it definitely looks that way. Could have gone oh first God. round to Florida. <sighs> Let's quickly jump into this now, just quickly. 20th of June, it is quarter past 10 on a Thursday night. Mitch Mahan is still not signed. And there was a 15-minute Sportsnet YouTube video yesterday where the criticism of young Mitchell Marner was starting. There's now been an open letter from Steve Dangle talking about the good of the team and why you should take a hometown discount to bring joyous celebrations to the Leafs fans. No, he's not. He's not penned that seriously, though, has he? He's a Leafs fan. Even if there's jokes and stuff in it, and even there's serious points in it, yes, of course he's done it seriously. <laughs> because it's the 20th of June, and Mitch Marner has still not signed. And when he does sign, it's probably going to be for a lot of money. And that Leafs blue line is going to get even worse. Or, or they're going to have to ship off players like Andreas Johnson and uh, Kas- Kasperi Kapanen. Yes. Shame, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you've joined me, though, because I said at the start of the year, didn't I, I was sick of all the Leaf talk. I was sick of them winning the Stanley Cup before they'd even sort of played a game after the Tavares thing. And you said, oh, you know, we'll see. And now you're here with me, so I'm happy about that. I don't know, I'm not sick of the talk itself. I'm sick of them, them backing up the promise the Methuselah trophy for the best oldest player I had three I had three finalists I had Matt Cullen Zdeno Chara and Jumbo Joe my winner is Zdeno Chara I'm allowed I'm allowed a homer I'm allowed a homer pick but there are reasons give a give a shit give a no here are my reasons (laughs) He marshaled the Bruins decor that was decimated by injuries at various points. Well, I am Mr. Intangibles. You've got to know that Chara's good in the room. He's so good in the room. He's so he's got so much grit. He played with a broken jaw. So, I mean, broken jaw is putting it lightly. It was an obliterated jaw. 
He's full of grit. He's full of jam. He's so full of intangibles that his jaw exploded when a puck hits it. The winner, for me, of the Methuselah Trophy is Zdeno Char. Mate, I'd... Just because you're like 75 years old and you're barely holding down a, a top 4D position on a team that went to the Stanley Cup final doesn't mean that you're the best old guy to play the game this year. How dare you? How dare you? You know you know who really was the Methuselah of the year, Dan? Go on. Justin Williams. That's a great shout. That's a great shout. It's, I know it's a great shout. You don't need to tell me it's a great shout. He did everything that your supposed champion... You know, this is your king, Zdeno Chara did, bar getting his jaw busted open. And what he did on top of what Zdeno Chara did, you know, he, he brought a team together, a team that was unable to make the postseason just because they didn't enjoy themselves anymore. He brought them together <laughs> and said, boys, what if one of you gets sparked out by Evander Holyfield after we win a game? There's, there's an idea for you. He, he did all of that. And he played really well. <laughs> he he scored a bunch of goals, got a bunch of assists. Justin Williams had a cracker of a year. Yeah, about fifty points. Best it's old shame. guy. It's a shame. Best old guy. It's a shame there's not some way we could organise some kind of tournament to see where if we come somehow pitted these two players against each other in a kind of sporting competition, that maybe then we could decide which one of them was actually better than the other one. Because that's the, you know, the one that won that comp- won said competition would then you could maybe say, well, that clearly that is the better choice. Okay, I don't so know if that would maybe happen somehow. I don't know. So the playoffs obviously revolve around more than just one player. But are you? That's are my you, argument. They don't. Are you seriously telling me <laughs> that if you had a game of one on one, Justin Williams versus Zdeno Chara, that Chara would win? I don't know. I don't know how good his char. I don't know how good a. I don't know how good a goalie char is if it's one on one. Dude, they're both old. If I land in a draw, they just crash into each other and just like fall into a thousand pieces. <laughs> I mean, your man with the broken jaw probably would, but but my man who has the uh, has the fat in the youth probably wouldn't. I reckon. The player of the year award. We couldn't decide a name on this. I had a name, but Will said it was terrible, and I'm not even going to. I don't even want to say it now because you hated it so much. It was. I'm, I'm reading it now. And it is is like I, I get the intent, but you hate the intent. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I understand it, but I don't like it. <laughs> you have the right to say it, but I'll, I'll defend to the death that you chose to say it. <laughs> My player of the year. Is Alexander Ovechkin? Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, no. Did you pick us? Did you pick Ovi? No, it's Nikita Kucherov. Like, what are you doing? I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm looking at this from a satirical point of view. Well, is what I'm doing. Yeah, that's that's my problem. There are certain ones where it was quite obvious that you meant to make a joke, but then if you wanted, if you if you want this to be a serious sort of you know competitive awards discussion, you could have watched that fucking shit show last night that I didn't pay attention to. No. <laughs> That's not what this is. Here's why Ovi's the winner. He spends the entire off-season blasted off his face, probably having sex with the cup every day, flies back into to Russia as part of the propaganda machine, all hail Putin team. Then his missus has a kid, so he's probably sleep-deprived when he's at home, and he still bangs in 51 goals. What a guy. What a guy. Power, power to him, really. 
Actually, forget player of the year. Ovi's the man of the year. Fuck that. He's he's better than the player of the year. He's the man of the year. He's just person of the year. Incredible being of the year. The rumour is that after Chernobyl exploded, <laughs> there was only two babies born in the area of Russia that year. One boy and one girl. And the boy was called Alexander Ovechkin. <laughs> that's, that's why he did that that hot stick thing that he was trying to warn people that they shouldn't get too close to the stick because it's because <laughs> it's, it's contaminated with his radio, radioactive poison <laughs> oh, that, oh, I, I watched the uh, watched the last episode of that last night that was pretty good oh did you enjoy episode 4 then where they go out into the towns and see the pets yeah you were, you were giving it all that about episode 4 but I didn't really get it like Yes, it was so depressing. It's a little bit depressing, but it's not that depressing. Spoilers, everybody. These these guys who were just conscripted into the army, they're not army guys. They're just told, you have to go and join the army because we've got this massive operation. Like three quarters of a million men and women are told, you have to go and help out with this. Some of them are made to go into towns and villages and to shoot people's pets, including puppies and kittens. That's so fucking sad. Yeah, it's mad sad, but it wasn't as sad for as as you know the thought of all these like mutated and poisoned babies being born. That was more sad. See there now, there's a question. There's a Twitter poll, which is like what get, what pulls at your heartstrings more, like things happening to babies or things happening to puppies and kittens. I was uh, I was watching it with with Grace and she kept reminding me that all the all the good dogs that we saw on screen were all actors. And that means <laughs> they're just professionals, don't worry about it. They're gonna be fine. They're not really dead. It's like talking to a kid. Is he really dead? No no, it's just it's just pretending. It's just pretending. It's just, just incredible thespians, these dogs. Yes. Moving on to the next award from Dead Dogs. The Eclus Trophy. Which is the best <laughs> offensive go on. It didn't sign off on that one either. No, I like the Eclis Trophy. I like that though. The Eclis Trophy kind of makes it sounds like it could be a real thing. Whereas the Player of the Year one that I made up just doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds <laughs> like me with loads of marbles in my mouth. Can we just call it the Eccles Trophy, like an Eccles cake? All right, yeah, let's call it the Eccles Trophy. The Eccles <laughs> Trophy for the best offensive defenseman. I had three, three finalists for this. I had uh, Mark Giordano, Brent Burns, and Morgan Riley. So this one wasn't sorry. All right, not sorry to cut you off again. So this one was serious. Kind of. <laughs> what do you mean, kind of? You just picked. All right, all right. You carry on. You see, well, sometimes, right? In a story, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. <laughs> if you cut me off after the second word, you're not going to get the whole story. You see. <laughs> all right, go on, go on. I'll, I'll, I'll keep my lips pursed. Thanks. So, yeah, for the best offensive defenseman, Mark Giordano, Brent Burns, Morgan Riley, and clearly the winner is Brent Burns because he wins the Norris based off his point production, and as Drew Doughty said, he can't defend for shit. So, he may as well win it for his offensive abilities. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad I understood the assignment because that's the exact same reason I've been Brent Burns as well. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, yeah. All right, there we are then. There we are then. <laughs> Plus, the geezer was over a point per game, so I think he's probably quite good at the whole uh, whole putting the puck in the back of the net. Exactly. One of our favourites, as we talked about all year, is the Rick DiPietro Snake It Till You Make It trophy. 
I had three nominations. I had uh, James Neal, Mila Lucic, and Louis Erickson. And for me, James Neal takes it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Again, this is this is different definitions of of snake it till you make it because I've got I've got two nominations for very different reasons. Okay. So my first is Ryan Kessler, who uh, scored what seven points last year and makes six point eight million or something like that. Not uh, not ideal. Yeah, I understand that he's thoroughly injured and probably shouldn't really be playing hockey anymore. But still, the man's not quite living up to his uh, to his pay grade. Um, and my other nomination would be Ross Johnston, who absolutely should not. He's making a, a significant amount less than Ryan Kessler, but he has like a four-year deal paying 1.2 million a year um, when he should be beating up children in the AHL, really. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I took it as players who still play quite a lot, but they're now just... To be fair, it works, but it works always, doesn't it? We're both. Uh, I think we're both right here. There's plenty of players getting paid to either not do much or... Like play on third or fourth line and still make six million dollars a year. Yeah, the the point stands that there are a lot of shit players in this league, getting paid way too much money. Finally, the big one. Our our savior. It is the Pichirelli GM of the Year award. This was a no-brainer for me, and I'm going to backdate it a little bit because it's our show and I can do whatever I damn well want with it. And this is a first-year award. I'm going to give it to Jim Rutherford for trading away. I'm going to I'm going to read a lot of things here, so just bear with me for a second. But this is what Jim Rutherford's traded away: Oscar Sundquist, Derek Pouliot, Scott Wilson, Ian Cole, Ryan Reeves, Connor Sheary, Carl Hagelin, Daniel Sprong, Derek Brassard, Riley Sheehan, Tanner Pearson, Oli Matter. Two firsts, a second, three thirds, three fourths, and a fifth. He's turned all of that. Into Marcus Pettersson, Nick Bukestad, Jared McCann, Eric Gabranson, Dominic Cahoon, Derek Brassard. Two seconds, a third, two fourths, and two fifths. To say he has significantly downgraded the Penguins is an understatement. Especially when he uh, goes on to trade Phil Kessel before the end of the summer. Uh, yeah, and this, yes, that was going to be something that, I, that there's still that possibility to come is that they are actively shopping Phil Kessel, who turned down a move to the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not ideal for him, really, is it? So that is my GM of the year, Jim Rutherford. Nice. Impressive. Impressive uh, resume for, for Jimmy Rutherford. I've, um, I've sort of... I've nominated someone who's not a GM for GM of the year. I'll let it stand. Are you looking? Are you looking? Are you listening? Are you waiting for me to approve your nomination for your reaction? There, there is a reason. There is a reason. My the wait, GM... just one second. Just one second. Oh. One second. One second. Do you see how after, you, after how after you said that there was silence? <laughs> that was me letting you finish your point. Well, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't like it. We should. We should edit that out. I'm going to leave all that silence in now. A little behind the scenes here, folks. Obviously, me and Will don't knock this out in two hours perfect every time. No. Secretly, and every single show does this, they will have somebody who cuts out massive gaps of silence, which I will do sometimes when we're thinking about things. I'm leaving all that silence in just so I can make that joke again. (laughs) (laughs) If you have the the silence remover, whatever you call it, just automatically take it out. It's just half a second. Do you hear all that silence, Will? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that four milliseconds of silence. No, I'm gonna give the Chiarelli GM of the Year award to 
Craig Leopold, the owner of the Minnesota Wild. And I'm going to give it to Craig by default because I couldn't decide between giving it to Chuck Fletcher, current GM of the Philadelphia Flyers, ex of the Minnesota Wild, or Paul Fenton, who is currently the GM of the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> I thought, why not give it to the geezer who hired them both? So congratulations, Yeah, what Craig. links these two men? <laughs> you are, by default, a terrible GM because you keep hiring GMs that make terrible decisions. Congratulations, mate. You should be very proud. And there we go. That rounds out the award show. And that rounds out this show. Thank you for listening, everybody. If you're against which of those, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will, you are at W E V E B E R E T T. At Two Brits, One Puck. It's off season, folks. It's trades. It's signings. It's us laughing at bad contracts. I can't wait. Will, any last words? Stop signing players. Just stop it. Wise words for everyone. Take care, folks. We'll see you later. Peace.